0: What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Amanda Lamont, welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining Thanks me for and you. coming on early. I was so rude. I made you come in early. <laughs> oh so, God. there's no preamble on this podcast. We just get straight down to it. What led you into healing, therapy, coaching, whatever it is you've done? What led you there? So, I know, straight in.
1: <laughs> Your I'd face actually, <laughs> No, I'm thinking about the entire journey from the beginning. <laughs> Actually, it's been a continuous journey. Actually, yeah, uh, started when actually I was in my second last year of school. Uh, so, mm-hmm. in high school, I guess I was about 16, yeah. and uh, I was super perfectionist. And, um, Always not, sign. you know, I had you know, cut to uh, the bottom line was that I had attached my self worth to my achievements i've had a Mm -hmm. packed schedule i did absolutely everything anything and i did it really well and um i started to stop
0: you from trying things or you were fine to try but you did wow
1: interesting in fact i just wanted to try everything because then it was just another opportunity for me to be good at something um but interesting yeah i think um uh, I have some theories how I got to that point, but nonetheless, uh, I I, <laughs> I noticed that yeah, I I kind of was um, I was crying a lot, um, dissociating, started doing mm. terribly in my schoolwork, which you know never happened before. Mm. And uh, my sister actually at the time she I um, had quite a good relationship with her, and she said, "I think you need to see someone." And uh, my parents were quite a bit. Older than me, I still have my mom around, and um, you know, I, I didn't feel free to speak to them about this kind of thing. I, I kind of kept to myself very much, and I arranged an appointment with a psychologist myself. Uh, kind of just informed them that I was going, and um, yeah, managed all of this um, on my own um, because also my my family is. I, I don't like to use the term religious, but. They they are Christian and, you know, we go to church every Sunday, et cetera. Mm. And my mom was very against the concept of therapy. Um, oh, how she, interesting. Yeah, she, um, you know, thought and unhelpful. that I just needed, yeah, I needed to rely on uh, the Lord, our Savior, to, you know, help me get through this. And uh, But that was my first brush of therapy and uh, medication.
0: So what did they say when you went? I booked this psychologist then. I mean
1: I what? did they fund it? What's what what do you mean? Wow. What's wrong? You know, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. What is this? Um and uh yeah, I mean they they did fund it in, in the beginning, but um eventually that stopped. I think um I don't think that they took it seriously. Um wow. but then yeah, I shipped I off yeah.
0: It's a, sorry, interesting thing to say, isn't it? That there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to have anything wrong with you to want to talk to a psychologist. You're not feeling your best. But really yeah. interesting, such denial as well. That's tough. That's really tough. I think it's really brave you did that. When you listened to your sister and that mm-hmm. you, you did that, that's amazing.
1: And I, I had a very supportive therapist in the end. Um, I managed to find someone who... So as yeah. a child I had um you know attached myself with to achievements and I had this lovely psychologist um who was also you know a christian and yeah. she she had some books that she shared with me actually one was a a, a children's book uh called mm-hmm. pensionello and it was very sweet uh-huh. um they, they weren't expen- explicitly mentioning God, but it was this kind of a Geppetto that made all right. of these little characters um, supposed yeah. to be, I guess, God. And um, that if ever you did something um, that you know people thought was strange or funny, the villagers would you know put a dot on you, and then put another dot, okay. another dot, and um, basically Panchinello, um he had to learn, and, and he was told by his Japepo mm. person that, um, you know, um, this is basically just those people's impressions of you. Um, yeah. If he believed them, they were going to stick. But once he stopped believing it, they would try to stick dots on him and they wouldn't stick. And then suddenly all of the stickers fell off. Oh, I love that. It was really cute. And I thought, wow. You and know, really like, true. Really yeah, true. And it was a children's book. And I thought this was really wow. amazing. Um, but yeah, fast forward. Um, Gosh. Uh, you know, this kind of theme stuck with me. And yeah. eventually, um, yeah, my, my self-worth um, then became more attached to my relationships with people you Know people pleasing, ah, uh, and, and so you, you know, sort of lost
0: it. one addiction and flicked it to another, almost, isn't it? exactly the,
1: and mind you, the,
0: the, the being the perfectionist is all about being praised for doing things exceptionally well
1: mm-hmm. as well.
0: And then you, exactly, yeah. Oh, can we go back to the dots for a second? That's really, really interesting. Sure. Sorry, just I'm thinking, even yeah, now, yeah. isn't it like people say things and we take them on board. Mm-hmm. and actually if we just think oh that's just their opinion and is the doc going to stick or not oh I love that Thank right you. sorry
1: yeah <laughs> totally agree and and it's also I think also in our industry and in, in, you know recruitment there's yeah. so much social promotion going on uh you know personal brand influencing etc mm. and I kind of just feel is this something that I'm supposed to be doing you know to to kind of be recognized or whatever and I I don't want to manufacture it for the sake of it. Um, no. I guess it's, you know, each into their own, but one also thinks about it in, in terms of this kind of pleasing society. And, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, like of course. Do I need to do that?
1: Uh, oh, interesting.
0: No. We will talk about that later though, but yeah. no.
1: But, <laughs> it depends um, what you're
0: doing. Like If you were in the service side of it, but you're not, you're in-house, so no. But yes. I see what you're meaning about there is that pressure. Pressure to post almost, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And then
0: that creates another one. So mm-hmm. you were saying that you went then on to the worst one that I, we do see in our space as well, which is people-pleasing, yes. which needs to stop because there's only one place people-pleasing goes, and that's burnout.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and slide. exactly. And Exactly. Um, and I'd actually um, gotten into, I think it was my first proper boyfriend um, mm-hmm. You know, towards, uh, I think it was the beginning of university or towards then. Yeah. And um, I think that this person really lifted me up, um, mm-hmm. made me have a better impression of myself. Again, it, it was like mm-hmm. a codependent then kind of relationship in the yeah. end. And um, I got really active, you know, he's very outdoorsy, sporty. And mm-hmm. um, I, I thought really I was at uh, the happiest I'd ever been in my life. And yeah. I was still taking medication. I thought, okay, mm. let me just find a psychiatrist and ask her to get me off this. Like, let's let's wean off this. And um, mm. once I started decreasing the dosage, um, everything just started going backwards. Crying yeah. again, super anxious, fragile, and I yeah, I had to continue taking the meds. And I actually experienced this every time that I, I tried to go off. But I thought, you know, what on earth is wrong with me? I'm so happy now. Why is this not working uh, to, you know, get off the meds? And I think yeah. this is this is also this intense shame that one feels. Um, I wasn't just trying to take medication for the sake of it. No. But it, it was, there was a shame associated with taking it, like, and, and I think I even experienced that for my boyfriend as well. Like, why can't you mm. just stop? And um, yeah. I had to spend a long time accepting that I had to mm. take it. For whatever yeah. reason, I can't put a magnifying glass into you know my brain and look at all my neuronal pathways. Mm. Um, but I felt like there was something wrong with me, that I was broken. And mm. why do I have to take this? And it took me years to accept that to um, lose the, the shame side of yes. the
0: taking them yeah
1: and it was just i love
0: this, i love the way you described it before we came on the call which mm-hmm. is like it's bringing you up to a baseline from exactly. this quite deep depression isn't it so that you do feel that you can do the stuff you are doing which is the talking therapies mm-hmm. and the you know right. healing and stuff as you go
1: and i'll, I'll so, illustrate that again where you know you mm-hmm. have these inner emotional demons um, yeah. Memories of the past that perhaps you you haven't gone back to. I don't want to say analyze, yes. but more understand. Yep. You know what yeah. your response has been to it and why. Mm. Um, but you know if you're normal for lack mm. of the best term, you know here's your baseline. <laughs> yeah. When you're clinically yeah. depressed, you mm. are down here, and if you're yeah. trying to help yourself, you you can't drag yourself up to normal. You're just you're not yeah. functioning like that. So the medication yeah. helps you to get to the baseline. It's not a happy pool. Yeah. Get you to the baseline where you can mm-hmm. start to help yourself and build strategies yeah. that can help you attain a state of happiness or higher level. functioning, etc. Yeah. And this is what people don't know. It doesn't replace mm. therapy. It's not something that can be used <sighs> in isolation because it's only through a learning process that you can learn to cope further together. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and this is what I had to do was um, I had a wonderful therapist, you know, I was a student I um, and then I started working, had my first crappy job was earning hardly anything. And she just <laughs> didn't want to leave me. She said, I can't leave you like this. And she actually saw me essentially for free. And once Amazing. I started getting a job, I, started to pay her a lower rate as I got an increase yeah. and I increased my parents. Uh, what would we do without Amazing. people like this?
0: I know. And there are um. people like this. I see this sometimes on comments on social media posts and there's, you know, particularly here in the UK, there's quite a reliance on, well, I went to the NHS and I only got so much and it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's always, even though you might have to put your hand in the pocket, you know, we'll, we'll pay for a gym membership. Why aren't we paying for our mental health? I oh. do sometimes wonder. But it's, there are people, like you're saying, there are people who will do cut rate. There's people who do group programs. There, oh. there is always something that is affordable for most people. They might have to give up something else, you know, the annual is- holiday or something. But I'm being flippant a little bit. But <laughs> it's worth it, isn't it? It's yeah. worth it for your mental health.
1: And this is actually um, what inspired me to go into clinical psychology. Um, unfortunately, didn't complete that uh, uh, master's because I life happened. I needed to get a job and here I am yeah. in recruitment. Somehow I fell into uh, recruitment, which is still exactly. people. I'm one of those. <laughs> still analyzing people. people. 98% <laughs> of all recruiters, like, you know, they, they would say that um but it, it's something that i am really passionate about and i've i've loved yeah. to share with a lot of people as well who um you know do grow up in backgrounds where this kind of thing mm. is not talked about and it's also mm. shameful for them um to to speak about their emotions and without that self actualization it's going to be very difficult for them to move mm. past you know it's kind of Haunting them from their past experience. Yeah. Uh, all that things.
0: suppressed, all that suppressed emotions. I mean, it's so bad for you. It was amazing um, writing the memoir, like realizing, like, suppressing emotions, how it will make you sick. So, suppressing anger can give you heart disease, which is exactly what my mm-hmm. dad had. And he definitely suppressed anger. And it's just like so, oh. But yeah, I would imagine your parents' generation were very much that stiff upper lip, suppress, uh, don't talk about it. And then they, uh, and my, understand that Christianity got used as the excuse for suppressing the emotions. Would that no, be I wouldn't, a correct assumption? No. They just didn't talk say about them.
1: That. I think it's just ah. it's it's more I wanna say the open the open mindedness to alternatives. Okay, got you. That that this is the uh, one okay. thing that's gonna save you. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Okay, and, now I'm understanding. I'm trying yeah, to use anything
1: else compromises the strength of your faith I guess yeah um but yeah it's I've continued to go back to therapy so I think
0: because that's what you messaged didn't you and I was like help I need some people and you went you've gone back
1: right and it it doesn't mean that you go to therapy and everything's fixed it also it doesn't have to be that you're in therapy for the rest of your life um in my case when when I feel like okay, I'm going through something tough now. I realize that, you know, yeah. for me, I had a severe stress response to um, recent times. Um, you know, with layoffs happening a lot in our industry, yeah. um, and I, I
0: think to be that 2020 and 2023 for talent acquisition folks, all our agency like folk has just been ridiculous for recruiters. Even I mean, like for it. the people that hire the people at companies, the way they've been treated is it's just obscene yeah
1: so. and um, having to um, you know support mm.
0: oh, yeah I'm just checking where we're connecting. <laughs> I feel like it's still recording there we I go <laughs> it records oh. locally anyway sorry yeah. for anyone listening to the podcast Mandra and I just looked at each other quizzically <laughs> as it went you're not connected um, yeah, yeah it's think... really great though because it does record locally so it's always crystal clear so. That's it. good for <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> thank goodness anyway
1: so you went yeah i had to be this i mean my my partner was also impacted by um layoffs and i i had to be this kind of pillar of strength at least that that's sort of the role i take on yeah it's self-assigned so (laughs) i'm not gonna say that. yeah um and i just i got to a point where i just i couldn't anymore i was becoming super irritable i was suddenly having you know sudden ugly cries <laughs> you know those beautiful yeah. cries where you just you look absolutely awful and yeah. um the full-blown proper ones <laughs> and look like, yeah. yeah and i've seen this before pillar
0: it's- of strength pillar of strength perfectionist self-worth they're all mm-hmm. like i assume your therapist they're all quite mixed in together aren't they
1: exactly because
0: the pillar of strength is still a, pre- a pretense the perfectionist is a bit of a pretense for mm-hmm. uh, covering up what's going on underneath
1: so and I knew for for myself I've been through this before I noticed these signs and something's not right and that's where I sought out a therapist again so Mm -hmm. now I know I'm at this road where uh, you know red light um need to find a solution or some sense of support and um actually found someone I'm originally from South Africa and I found someone from yeah. South Africa that I could have calls with virtually because I, I must say it's another thing to um deal with as an expat is yeah. that you will still always feel like an outsider. And mm. even though you can make friends and, and have good relationships with those in your new country, mm. um there's no one who will let's say quite Get you
0: culturally yeah. um, than someone from home, right? Yeah, everyone will be and like, I've been to South Africa once, or I've been to Australia. I've been to, I've been to yeah, Africa. I've been to
1: Africa. Living We're a country.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's that as well, right? But it's like living. You know, I can compare Sydney and London. It's like two mm-hmm. cities I've lived in for great periods of time. But it's like you're you're absolutely right. That you, yeah. I totally hear what you're saying there with that Um, whole I think it's easy also um we said this before we came on the ease of expression as well like when I'm talking to an Australian here I feel like I'm not no one's going to go well she's being a bit aggressive or passive aggressive because we're quite we we are very direct with each other and I imagine South Africa is similar and sarcastic yeah so it's easier isn't it to not exactly because you know you're not going to offend them so it's easier to open up and Mm -hmm. as well so I'm glad you found that so what's it been like just well it sounds like Firstly, and I congratulate you on this, you realized the signs faster, so acted yes. faster. That must, in itself, be a huge step forward from how you used to feel.
1: Of course. There was, by having this practice and, and knowing the ropes, I, yeah. I, I could, you know, be more self reflective how, how I'm acting mm. and I'm feeling different. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quick to have a, you know, a blown fuse. Um, mm. And I just realized that I, I needed help and I, I had my first uh, session. And, and really what came out of that is that, um, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, you know, what, what is necessary for you to function, you know, put your own yeah. oxygen mask on and me trying mm-hmm. to be a pillar of strength for everyone else, you know, who's going to take care of me? Yeah. because It's not always your job. I mean, exactly. And then I'm no longer going to function, right? So what is it that I need? Even though I think I have all of these responsibilities, Mm. um, I need to work on myself first and and get myself well.
0: Interesting when you say that I'm thinking of what I did to Richard by mistake (laughs) because I did the pillar of strength role and I took over and I just did everything and I emasculated him by doing that. He, of course, allowed it. Let's, but then I was pretty brutally strong and dominant, and for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> like domineering, all the all the bad words, and basically just. And so when I left, I almost pulled the rug out from under him. And then I've watched mm-hmm. him. It oh, sounds awful to say, climb back up, but like get back on his feet and really find himself again. It was like, oh my gosh, I did that. So you actually, exactly. It's funny because we think we need to be a pillar of strength, but it's a disservice to that person. They're not getting their lessons. They're not getting the opportunity to just be themselves. But we think we're doing the right. It's people And then
1: pleasing. actually uh. it kind of piles on the guilt, right? Because now yeah. you realize, oh, God, I've been an enabler. I'm yeah. that person. <laughs> you thought you were doing something really good and honorable, but actually nope. you were doing a disservice. And then it's the guilt again, but for yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I talk about this in the memoir. I must make sure my sister's okay with me doing that. Maybe or oh, maybe I don't mention her in it. But I did kind of say, oh, my gosh, mum, dad, me, Richard, you, your husband, oh, my God, oh, my God, because oh, my sister and I mir- mir- mirrored her without realising because it was a role model we knew. Mm-hmm. So that whole just take over and do everything. Oh.
1: And being oops, super critical. Oops. I must yeah. say that my mum's um, always been extremely critical. And yes. I now as I get older, I find that being my voice especially with Mm -hmm. um, my partner, even, you know, work relations, just I'm always quick to nitpick on things. And this is Mm -hmm. something I feel absolutely awful about. And I think, why do you have to be like this? But it's this little voice that has, you know, just kind of Mm -hmm. planted itself and comes out like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Critic. And so I always have to kind of think. Sometimes I feel yeah. like I, I've started speaking very slowly because I'm I'm trying to think before I speak, which is what a lot of people yeah. don't do.
0: <laughs> no. Um, and all I will say is if you continue on this path, because you are standing like I was, <laughs> like I was exactly that person. In fact, it was Ros Fibbins who said to me many years ago, your problem is you're a perfectionist, Katrina. And actually I had a fear of being in trouble, but all I would do is nitpick at people because I felt so lousy about myself. I'd, I'd project it. And then get into trouble. So I was on this vicious cycle. And she said that and I went, and it was sort of like the start of all the bits falling into place. Mm-hmm. But all I will say is now I, I tend to be far less critical. Occasionally, of course, I am. I have my moments. <laughs> but it's like it's much less likely that I will lash out at somebody. And there's just this switch when the self-worth gets back to the level it should be that you just go, why do I care? There's also That's this true. moment where you're like, I don't care. They've done like at 99%. Isn't that amazing? Thanks. Like whatever one percent doesn't
1: matter like
0: okay yeah and it's you will get there you will get there because you're conscious of it and you want to work on it so
1: it's so liberating and Mm. i mean one feels really terrible when we damage those relationships and i'm not saying that Mm. the thoughts are no longer there they definitely are yeah but Mm. i am more likely to take a step back and say okay why am i feeling like this Um, yes do i really need to say this do i really mean Mm. it is this um, about, or am I just them? like throwing it out there because I have nothing better to say and I'm just you know
0: talking? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so lovely because it's that conscious. I never forget the. I mean, Michelle Zeli is the one that cracked my my armor. <laughs> she oh,
1: got okay.
0: Through. Not your got arm. <laughs> just, no, <laughs> she probably wanted to at one point when I lashed out and full blown in a teen, which is all written in the memoir as well. But yeah, she she started through and yeah, she said. Um, like we did this particular weekend and she said, you're going to be like, life will never be the same again. And it was that conscious awareness you're talking about that. Why am I about to say that? I don't need to say that. Is that of any value to anybody? Why am I saying that? And it's like, you stop, but it's the same with your thinking. Like, why am I thinking about that? I felt miserable. Why am I remembering that? Who cares? Mm. Let's move on. And I always bring myself back to my dog. I find like maybe you do it with your cat, bring yourself back to something that you love.
1: Uh, Oh Yeah, I don't know. I think my cat... (laughs) My cat's going to cut me in my sleep. Um, oh. <laughs> occasionally they do love me.
0: <laughs> okay, wrong thing to think about. <laughs> Something you love, that kind of a thing. Oh, that's so cool. So you went back just recently for yes. because of the work. Would you, mm, Is I, it too soon it was- to have a shift? Oh, you've already had one session though, but is it too soon to have noticed a shift or have you noticed know, a shift quickly? I know, I've had multiple. Quickly?
1: I've had multiple oh, sessions oh. already. Um, definitely a shift. Um, look, just on a basic level, suddenly mm. there's this release of having opened up to someone. Yeah. Because actually, believe it or not, living in Berlin made so many people uh, made friends who have come and gone. Uh, you know, mm. very international cosmopolitan city. People leave. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's it really feels like it's just me and my partner against the world right like and and we're with each other and uh, through thick and thin but Mm. it's it's not fair to pile everything on one Mm -hmm. person Mm -mm. and a lot of that stays inside and bottles up inside and then I'm actually that kind of person who I keep things together Mm. really well and then one day I explode Mm. I don't have little explosions Mm. I just have one huge you know kind of Boom, it sounded a blaze. lot like the end of my marriage. That was a
0: lot like that. <laughs> Two years of resentment built up and exploded on one day. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know. Yeah, it's really dangerous. And then, but to- I also think it's because it's also th- just all relationships, right? There, there's mm-hmm. always a friction. There's a, you, you know, you're stepping too much one way or the other, and so actually having that outsider, it's mm-hmm. always beneficial to any relationship.
1: And to have someone who's who's challenging your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm saying, oh, you're so shit because of this, or you mm. know, why can't you be better? You're so useless. Like um, mm. you can't do anything right. And and then there's someone who can actually put up a mirror and say, oh, but you've done this. You've managed to do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> Why do you say you're terrible? You know what yeah. makes you so terrible? And kind of mm. just showing the side that you're you're not admitting to or, or looking at. It's actually mm. not a bad person you're actually pretty
0: great and then you're like yeah you're right <laughs> yeah Yeah. and it's I, yeah I know what you mean you need and it's hard because to... if you've had that nitpicking from so young it's yeah. really easy to believe that little voice the inner critic I call it the inner critic exactly all I will say is mine has shushed but it literally has shushed. of course it pops up occasionally when I like go to do something brand spanking new it'll just pop up and just remind me it's there but compared to what it was like before I started. So just keep going is all I can say because yeah. it does get quieter or you do like evidence to the contrary. So it pops up and it says something and goes, well, isn't that interesting and what about blah, 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 and maybe have that little list from, from your therapy sessions where it's like, well, actually I did that great and that great and that great. So, And then it kind of goes, whew, shushes. Yeah. I love have that you, as well.
1: And, and I'm pretty sure you've spoken about this, but, have you heard about the inner child theory? Yes. Right? Yes. And, Huge and that's something. Inner child fan. Yeah. That's something that it was it was a breakthrough in, let's say, the um the more traumatic part of my life when, when I was in mm-hmm. university and just after, where yeah. my therapist said that actually the way I'm behaving is because my inner child is acting out. Is scared. Yeah.
0: Um
1: that because I never actually graduated from that yeah. stage that yeah. this inner child is the one that's shouting out um yeah through me as an adult and manifesting yeah. this behavior. Yeah. And this was Amazing, a super breakthrough. I, I would encourage anyone to to go read more on that if you're you're having the same kind of experience. It's it's such an eye opener.
0: And- inner child work. So the um, I see. I've got a slightly different version. So Michelle gave me inner teen. So inner child, inner teenager, and functional adults. So the functional adults talking to you now. If functional adult isn't protecting your inner child, out comes the door slamming, stroppy word, like venom. Yeah. <laughs> you know the teenager, right? And it's almost like recognising going, are you all right? Okay. You know, and having a chat in your head with your inner child and then the teenager goes away. Yeah. And it's yeah, and then I did a lot of stuff where I would inverted commas in in session bring my mother into the room and my inner child or my functional adult mm-hmm. and sometimes even my inner teenager would say all the stuff I didn't get to say. But I get very distressed when I see people doing work and there is no inner child work. I feel it is that critical. Like you said, it was such a breakthrough moment. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, it, particularly anyone who's been through some form of childhood. Trauma or neglect, or you know, the constant criticism, all of those things. And it's like once you start settling your inner child, you're settled, like you're at your adult, your functional adults there. Yeah. And I'm pretty well calm all the time. And I wasn't,
1: really? I was like, Are you? Oh, are you?
0: <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, now. Yeah. You haven't seen me in a few years, like even I the haven't. shift in, in the last six
1: years. I, I can't took think some really good photos last time. I don't you
0: did. <laughs> Yep, full top <laughs> yeah, full double chin.
1: Yeah. When was that? Five
0: or six years ago? As was uh, a while.
1: I think it was five, four or five years ago. Yeah. Four years yeah, ago. Yeah, I've
0: so. done a, yeah, no, I've done quite a bit of work since then and I've done a lot of spiritual work <clears throat> yeah. um, and that's all in the memoir as well. So actually the shift in me in the last four or five years is actually quite massive, so I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. But, yeah, no, I am. I am quite calm. Oh, don't get me wrong, you know, the builder's, Blocking the driveway might get me to mouth off, but it's not like this the level of you know angst. So I I just I love that you're heading that way.
1: I find it usually happens for you when you're walking, banjo. (laughs) Maybe you should get someone else to walk.
0: (laughs) oh Are you thinking about the person that told me off for the fact I didn't let the guy know that that someone was coming around the car? There's so so many examples, but yeah. There's funny stuff happens. No, most of the time I'm quite calm though. <laughs> I occasionally gob off at somebody, but that's fair. <laughs> oh, that's I usually do it though, I think in that, you know, that kind of people pleasing, caring way, if I see somebody who's doing something that harms another. Like if mm-hmm. I witness that, then I'm likely to say something. Yeah. That yeah. So but that's it, yeah, brave. it's usually fun around here. Yeah.
1: That's brave because actually I think most people wouldn't even realise what's happened until after the fact. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, I should have said something. And then again, I can be critical and say, you know, why am I such a terrible person that I didn't say anything? Um,
0: Because there's a lot of safety reasons that can go into that as well. So it depends. You know, I grew up in a country where you're pretty safe um, in the respect of I'm not going to get shot or stabbed even. Um, So Mm -hmm. but now it's, you know, it's a different world. So, yeah, I Mm -hmm. should be careful. But, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, (laughs) Of course course not yeah so as a final few thoughts what would you say to anybody who's like hesitant about i call it find a friend always jokingly but i don't actually want you to find a friend i want you to find a professional what would you say if anyone's like hesitant like has it been life changing for you has it been like thank god thank god i've gone back or probably shouldn't say thank god with the christianity element just ignore that
1: <laughs> um <laughs> i think Gosh, I actually don't know what to say. I think it's so different for for everyone. Mm. Um, I would say, firstly, are you happy with how things are yeah. for you right now? Mm. Do you think you're you're functioning as you should be? Yeah. And if not, do you think this needs looking at? Yeah. Um, and if you're not okay, you can't help anyone around you. A lot of people, That's you know, so you you have perhaps you have kids, uh, you feel mm. like you're not okay to be able to support them. Um, mm. there are different levels, you know, beauty yeah. you to yourself, to others. Yeah. But I love that though. There are there it is possible for you not to suffer. Yeah. And there oh, are people that. who want to help you it can be different yeah and that's the only thing that that is important Mm. um yeah yeah i love that no one no one no one needs to feel like this there are ways to there is a way to help you just ease the load feel happier just
0: breathe if somebody had told me when I was in the depths of my mess, that I would feel like I feel now. I would never have believed them. That's so much of the reason that I've done this. So, thank you for like just being willing to come on and talk about this because I just think it's so important. Um, if somebody wanted to get in touch, is it all right? If I add your LinkedIn, they can message course, you and.
1: Of yeah, course, amazing. Please, please amazing. do. Yeah, there is a well, way. And, and if I can be part of that way, I'd love to be.
0: Ah. Oh. You are amazing. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You too. (laughs) And thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and, of course, subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.